passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Do I look like a charity case to you? Did I look like one last week when I was standing above you holding that title above my head? You mean after you blindsided me and attacked me from behind? I dare you to do it face to face because it will be a different story. Oh, and I promise you I will because I'm done playing. From now on, I'm taken. And I don't care how that affects you, Charlotte, or your royal little bubble. It was a full-time job being your friend, managing your insecurities, Reassuring you that you were good enough to wear that robe and carry that last name, but you're not. And the only thing that I care about is taking my spot back at the top of the SmackDown Women's Division where I belong. And you're in my way. And so I don't care what I have to do or how many times I have to drop you where you stand. That title is coming home with me. As if they don't have too much on their plates. The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade. Talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. Rwanda Smackdown. 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind to Smackdown. I am John Pollock alongside Waiting, coming at you on this Tuesday night as we go into Detroit, Michigan for the WWE's offering. How are you doing tonight, Way? Oh, I think I finally uh, caught in whatever bugs been going around. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I last night I had. I woke up with a bit of a sore throat today, and just I tried to stuff whatever uh, was going on with like Dayquil, salt water, gargle, green tea, you name it. Uh, but I mean, I, I could feel it. It's like I'm, 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 I'm getting sick. So you have uh, pretty much exactly uh, described the last six hours for me. No, so this, wonderful. This is going to be a wonderful show. Oh yeah. So that's great. We are we are both sick. I blame Braden, uh, oh. and that that is uh, that is who I am pinning it on. I mean, I blame I blame uh, both of them because I mean, da- <laughs> Davy gave it to Braden, but I mean, somebody gave it to Davy. Da- Davy so. didn't show up sick though, so. Well, what do you, I mean, what's he supposed to do? Not go, you know? I really blame ourselves because I think it's the lack of sleep that's really contributing to it as well. So that probably has something to do with it. So you know, it's uh, whatever. Hopefully, it doesn't last too long. Well, let us get into this show. We have SmackDown to go through. We're going to go through the news from today, and then uh, for those of you that are members of the Post Wrestling Cafe, we have the double shot coming at you, and on. This week's double shot, I'm going to be reviewing the Shinsuke Nakamura book that came out a number of years ago in Japanese and was recently released in English. So I'm going to chat about that and a quick surprise review. Oh, awesome. So look forward to that on the double shot. 
But wait, let's quickly go through uh, some news items from today. Uh, not a not a crazy day of news, but the WWE has announced a second season of one of your favorite shows, The Mixed Match Challenge, is coming back in two weeks' time, Tuesday night, September the 18th. It will premiere on Facebook Watch. It's going to be available in many countries beyond just the U.S., but not in Canada. And it's going to feature a pre-show every week at 9.50. I don't know how the hell that's going to work, but I guess they will just have multiple live programming going on from the same arena. Hmm, interesting. For, for 10 minutes. Then the show will start at 10. It's going to be 30 minutes and feature two matches every week. And they're doing a round-robin tournament, which will come down to the finals on December 16th as part of the TLC pay-per-view. And here are our teams. The returning champions, The Miz and Asuka, AJ Styles and Charlotte Flair, Finn Balor and Bailey, Bobby Lashley and Sasha Banks, Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss, Kevin Owens and Natalia, Lana and Rusev, Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox, R-Truth and Carmella, and Jimmy Uso and Naomi. Mm-hmm. Big news. Wow. Well, uh, I mean, considering, I mean, obviously last year was a big enough success for them that they decided to create even more uh, content this year uh, for Facebook. And uh, I feel like they are making efforts to perhaps improve on some of the uh, problems from last year. I feel like the, they decided to keep all the teams that had chemistry that worked uh, and maybe gave up on some of the other ones that didn't work so much. Like, in my opinion, Charlotte and Bobby Roode. Uh, replacing them with pairings that I feel like make a little bit more sense. Obviously, Carmella and R-Truth now are uh, uh, doing stuff on the main roster. I think AJ and Charlotte, you know, like as the two kind of champions of of, uh, the brand, make sense. Um, And then, you know, some of the, like even Finn and Bailey, the two of them have history tagging together uh, from time to time on NXT house shows. I think that makes a bit more sense too, so... It seems like they're uh, doing a lot more intergender stuff on WWE TV. I think for the having seen the concept of the show, I think that R-Truth and Kevin Owens are going to be great additions to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope to see like, you know, them hit more on kind of the, the comedic aspect of a lot of these matches. The best mixed match challenge matches from last year were the ones that, that actually felt creative and felt like fun house show matches. Some of them, you can tell like the the people either didn't have chemistry or didn't really think about it or try too hard, and those failed. But like pairings like Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman, I think are actually fantastic and very entertaining together. So I hope to see uh, more more of that side of, of, of those performers. How about Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox? That one was perhaps the most perplexing to me, but I wonder what type of... You know, obviously, I guess you have the... Uh, the Shanti meditation guy and the crazy Alicia Fox. So I guess that could make for some interesting uh, vignettes. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what they are getting paid for this uh, series compared to the last one. Um, that Facebook is like, are they are they spending more now for the WWE to create content? Because I think the WWE they probably have a heightened sense of what their content is worth now than even six months ago when the last mix match challenge. Happen. So that'll kind of be interesting if that number uh, comes out at some point when they have to uh, do their next financial report. So that will be interesting. Another. What, what, what does uh, that mean for 205 Live, I guess? Half I imagine hour. they're going to do the same as last time where they're just going to push it back a half hour. So a very long night on Tuesdays, if 
you're in the arena. And I think it's going to make it even tougher for 205 Live if they're going live at 1030 as opposed to 10 o'clock. Hmm. And and maybe they should be making 205 Live shorter. Like I remember right. they weren't doing the full hour uh, when they, the Mixed Match Challenge was on. And that's probably for the better of that show. I mean, I actually just watched the uh, the opener from this week's show with uh, Tony Nese, Grand League. It was a really great match. It was like 12 minutes. Crowd was, you know, lukewarm. But I was thinking like, you know, you could do one big match, uh, a few promos, and just I don't know if that show necessarily has to be an hour. I don't know if it has to be at the end of SmackDown. There, there are many questions as we approach the two-year anniversary of 205 Live in a few months. Uh, that is, st- It's in the exact same incarnation as it was two years ago when everyone was saying the exact same things. Uh, the Young Bucks and Cody announced that the official attendance for All In was 11,263 with uh, 100% occupancy. And this included people in the suites, and that was the, apparently, total number in the building on Saturday night. Very impressive figure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, do, you, do you have any reason to question a number like this, uh, like, like, like we might other wrestling attendance figures? Well, I mean, the WWE in the past, they've done stuff where they've included, like, everybody on the staff, like, every single person in that building. Uh, I don't have a sense that they would do that, but... Um, yeah, this is coming from them. I mean, I don't think that they would, uh, you know, it seems really petty to go to that extreme to just boost your number as high as possible when, Mm -hmm. you know, just the way the arena business is, you probably will get an accurate number out there. So I'm not, uh, questioning the number, um, when you include all of those suites, like there were quite a lot of them. Uh, if that's, you know, you had 10,000. 400 and change that had bought tickets and then you add in the the suites and all that i mean it's it's not such a far-fetched number that i can't uh believe that was the the paid figure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and that's what they're stating it was so yeah. uh matt riddle he's gonna have his final independent show september 30th against mark haskins that's at the sse arena uh in london at wembley arena uh, his final independent show with a, a company that is uh, very close to the WWE. I don't know how independent it is, but nonetheless, that's a very big show that Progress is promoting at the end of the month. That I'm sure the uh, our British Wrestling Experience crew, I imagine some of them will be going to that show. Yeah, no, I look forward to that. Uh, the WWE stock continues to go up. It is it closed today at eighty eight dollars and seventy five cents. This thing is not uh, dropping anytime soon. Like after all these TV deals were announced, it's still just growing and growing. This thing's nuts if you had bought stock in this 18 months ago and just let it sit. And now you're looking at a near $89 stock price. Quite amazing, really. Like I feel like I remember the days when it was like 20. I remember a time, you know, years back. I think the lowest it ever hit was maybe 2003 or so it was like eight or nine dollars wow like could you imagine uh, could you wow. imagine being vince mcmahon who sold his stock back in december at least a portion of it yeah. uh for the initial funding for the xfl i mean it's it's crazy when you think about uh just the valuation for this stock uh you knew it would it would go up in anticipation of the tv deals but i assumed it would level off and it doesn't appear to be at all mm-hmm 
it's it's so, can you look at any reason like i guess what what i'm trying to say is like you know do you think any uh, the the success even of maybe something like an all in um and i don't know hot topics hot topic deals do you think any any of that might have any bearing on maybe the perception of that that price i i don't think it probably influences the stock price but there probably is something to be said about a certain perception of wrestling that i think is starting to trickle out beyond just the scope of pro wrestling fans i think we we continually look at events like all in that it's still this wrestling bubble and i believe that that bubble is certainly expanding to people that are not necessarily following uh, wwe programming that are now starting to be aware of other wrestling that exists through outlets like hot topic or on YouTube that has been, you know, a great marketing device for the young bucks that you're now, I'd be curious that over the next couple of years, you know, providing they, they stay on this track that are there going to be fans that discover wrestling that is not WWE and find an inroads to wrestling, uh, that's not WWE wrestling. Mm -hmm. Uh, and final thing here, uh, we can bring up uh i think that's all i actually uh, wanted to get to it was a uh, yeah kind of a quiet day the ratings are delayed because of labor day and i think everyone's very interested to see how saturday night show did do you do you care to throw out a prediction way of how many people tuned in for zero hour do you think they did um 600,000 viewers for zero hour what is what is uh, wgn america's even the reach they're in a lot of homes. They're in 77 million homes. So that's, you know, a, a pretty sizable cable network mm-hmm. on a Saturday night for a show that, I mean, is kind of a one-off. Uh, How many people watched Marco uh, Scout take on Austin Gunn? Marco Stunt. Stunt, yes. Uh, the, this is the question that these... Uh, this viewership report will will indicate to us how many people tuned in for this. I think that's a curious number. I think it will be uh, very, very interesting to see what the reaction is uh, to that number and hopefully a pay-per-view number that comes out, which I would imagine will come out. Hmm. All right, let us move on to oh, SmackDown. Uh, let's just quickly plug everything that's coming out this week one more time, if you guys sure. don't mind. Uh, the British Wrestling Experience is out tomorrow. They will be announcing the winners of the Wrestling Media Con giveaway. And uh, up next, out on Thursday, as usual, this Friday on the cafe, we are releasing our Ask Away live edition that we recorded out in StarCast. And then on Saturday, eggshells. And I'm not missing anything. Well, we've got uh, a UFC review on Sunday. I will have one up uh, reviewing UFC 228. That is Saturday night from uh, Dallas, Texas. Uh, So you can catch that. And yes, the double shot will follow this with uh, a surprise review along with the Nakamura book review. So all of that is stuff you can check out this week. Postwrestling.com and postwrestlingcafe.com. Awesome. Are you ready to chat about SmackDown? Yeah, I think so. Before this uh, virus takes over within us. Yeah, you and I better just pump out this final show and then uh, hit the NyQuil. Tuesday night, Little Caesars Arena, Detroit, Michigan. Renee Young was in the middle of the ring to welcome us all to the show and then brought out Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. Bryan went to speak and the crowd just started chanting, Daniel Bryan. And 
This just erupted during Renee's first question. They recapped the attack from last week by Miz and Maurice, and then Brian thanked Renee for showing that footage after they had just started chanting his name. What a downer, Renee. Miz and Maurice had cut a promo earlier today on WWE.com, so Renee shows us that, and it's Miz and Maurice in an empty arena calling them out, and then they just drop the mic and leave, insinuating that Brian and Bree were scared when this was done in the afternoon when Brian and Bree had not arrived at the building yet. This prompts Brian to call them cowards, and Bree takes over saying that cowards talk, and they didn't come out to talk, and they don't have to wait until Hell in a Cell. It's time to fight. They want to fight them right now, but Renee informs them Ms. and Maurice have left the building. And there was a lot of traveling by these four on this day to the building, leaving the building, coming back to the building, going to restaurants, leaving restaurants. A lot of uh, a lot of miles by these four. Almost as much as the shield on Monday. I know the, yeah. kind of the the outline of this show is very similar to Raw. They love to write their uh, baby faces leaving the arena and returning later on in the evening stories. Yeah, they're like, okay, we'll do one of them gets the judge and arrest. The other are going for Italian food. Mm. Are the Shield going for Olive Garden? No, I don't know. That would have been fun if we just reversed the two stories. Ooh. And then Bree and Brian are at the precinct. Birdie has to post bail from uh, Bree's uh, account because Daniel Bryan doesn't believe in leaving money in uh, capitalistic uh prisons that he calls banks wow Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega interrupt they come out Zelina Vega way too close to the bone here cuts them deep calling them the stars of total bores I really expected more from her I mean come on she sounded so cool in all of the promos that I think she we've heard her cut uh, certainly in NXT and, and, you know, for the most part on the main roster. But, man, what was this? Total bores. Doesn't even rhyme. No. Then Alma spoke. And I don't know how I was going to recap this. No, so, you don't have to. You really I don't. let Corey Graves recap it by saying, what did Alma say? He, he He's getting what, what treatments. Uh, I have no clue what he said. His promo is just really bad. Uh, I just don't think they should give him the dialogue like this. It's just, it hasn't worked. Um, it's, anyway. Like, he is way more inaudible than Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's it's great to have people try to learn English. But I don't know if it's you should be doing it like in front of a live TV audience because I mean I think in the end it's just kind of making uh, making him look mm, I don't know not not it, it doesn't make him come across like uh, uh, threatening at all. So led to a match with Brian and Almas, a rematch from last week. Brian started off working the arm and he tries for the the yes lock. Almost then gets to the rope and then Brian gets knocked off the apron into the barricade and now his arm is injured. Brian then came off the apron, hit him with a drop kick and Almost was back body dropped to the floor. So Brian goes for a suicide dive, landing onto Almost on the floor. 
almost then later was crotched on the top, recovered, went for the standing moonsault that Brian uh, rolled out of the way. So he lands on his feet into a standing moonsault. Brian fights back with the yes kicks, almost ducked, ran Brian headfirst into the bottom turnbuckle and then hit the double knees, goes for the hammerlock DDT. It's blocked. Brian hit a big head kick and then a flying knee that almost just sold huge. And Brian wins the match clean. Mm-hmm. I thought a good match really got this crowd. I think about on par with most of the Daniel Bryan matches we've seen lately. Like, as in, you know, they're they're very good. But I would say not necessarily ever, um, not not on the level of like a 205 match or um, kind of, mm, like, but he, it doesn't have to be. You know, he's, he's already so beloved by this audience. He doesn't need to do a 205 live match. Yeah. And this, uh, we have passed September 1st. So I don't know if Brian has officially signed his contract, but I don't think anyone is expecting uh, anything else than a deal has been at least reached in hmm. in principle at this point. And given the fact he's on this show, he is booked for dates moving forward. I think everyone assumes that this deal is the man is not going anywhere. Hmm, right. Breathe and attacked Vega and hit her with this running knee to the face. And it looked like she just clocked her with this knee. What many are calling the breed trigger. Oh my gosh. That's oh God. That's uh, an appropriate name. Like Vegas head just flew back oh, after yeah. taking this thing. So either she sold this unbelievably well or she got rocked by this knee. Um, yeah, I'm guessing it could be a bit of both. You know, Brie had a lot to make up for from Monday. I think, you know, uh, a lot of gifs of her spreading around doing those suicide dives. Well, maybe this was her chance to kind of replace those. The Brie trigger. Yeah. <laughs> Miz and Maurice then reappear. They're on the screen, and they just keep saying Daniel and Bree's name over and over again. And they announce that they're going on a date at the finest Italian place in Detroit, Sparrow. <laughs> it's but it doesn't. It's Ohio. Yeah, I know. Uh, and then they start speaking Italian. Uh, they were just uh, completely annoying in a good way, and that was it. They were not going to answer their challenge. So after the break, Brian and Bree are furiously racing in the back with their gear. Kayla Braxton asks them, asks them why they're leaving. And they said, we're going to go grab some Italian food. I hope they don't have a dress code. And they left. So they did this so that the Miz and Maurice could come back later on without Brian and Bree being there. But in the process, they've just made Brian and Bree look so stupid. They had this big plan to go catch them at this restaurant, but they they must have gotten to the restaurant and then realized nobody was there because Ms. and Maurice had come back. Anyway. You know, you see, Ms. and Maurice, they learned from the Revival on Monday night. They were probably watching Raw mm-hmm. and said to themselves, you know, if the Revival actually watched the show they were on, they would have seen in the last segment that they were going to be targeted by, by uh, Zigmac. Yes, yes. And they said, you know what? We've got a pretty intense feud going on, and we really gave it to Bree and Brian last week. So you know what? Let's let's have SmackDown on at all times. And here that they, they saw them leave the arena, and that was their cue to just watch the show. You can outsmart these baby faces. Mm. They really leave themselves open. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of these kind of show long storylines featuring guys 
um, leaving the arena, coming back to the arena. Uh, To me, it's just really hokey. Just once I want the closing shot. We go outside and someone's car is pulling up. They're just about to return for the final segment, but the show's over. Mm, Yeah. That's it. They're too late. They didn't make it back in time. Or they're stuck in traffic. Yeah, we just cut to, we cut to a helicopter and yeah. the whole the whole highway <laughs> is bumper to bumper. And Daniel Bryan's just slamming on the horn. Or they're like down to like maybe one bar in their gas tank and just decide to like the lights flashing and they're like, yeah, I can make it. I can make it, guys. Yes. And, they, and they don't make it. So Charlotte and Becky were put in separate locations for this interview together. Mm-hmm. It was a... um. Uh, side profile to side profile. Charlotte said that she won the title at SummerSlam, but in doing so, lost her best friend. And she agrees that Becky does deserve it. But what was I supposed to do? Lie down for you? Charlotte said that she looked at Becky as her equal, and it was Becky who put herself in a shadow. All you had to do was ask for a match. And Becky is just disgusted by this. Ask your majesty? Screw you. Becky said she's crowd cheers. Yes. Becky's done waiting. She's just taking. And it was a full time job being Charlotte's best friend, reassuring her that she was good enough and says Charlotte is in her way. That title's coming home with her. Charlotte says, you're not you're not going to see your best friend at Hell in a Cell and says, as my best friend, you were never second place. But at Hell in a Cell, you will be. Hmm. Yeah. This new Becky with a, like, baby face Becky with a mean streak, I really enjoy. Like, you really got no hint that she was trying to get this audience to dislike her. It, I mean, she was a bit of a, uh, she was showing a lot of attitude. And, like, I think, you know, being more of, like, seeming more like a badass rather than somebody that you would dislike. And as a result, I feel like this completely worked. And I think my initial concerns about Charlotte seeming like, you know, the the lame duck Roman Reigns of the of the feud, I really didn't get that impression from watching this because I thought Charlotte too argued her her side really well, showed a lot of passion, her responses were logical, she sounds sincere. So I mean, I'm looking at this feud and I think it's in really good shape. I like the feud. I like it a lot. I can see the some crowds like if this were happening in Brooklyn, I think Charlotte would get booed out of the building if this was going in. But I think in a in a market like San Antonio, I think it will be more uh, kind of down the middle with the audience. But I do see, you know, a lot of people just backing Becky because I think they really like this role that she's in. Uh, I thought both were very good in this segment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think ultimately, you know, this is probably I guess their ultimate project is Charlotte. So, you know, but Becky is like, I mean, this is really kind of like, um, like Becky is kind of playing like a Tetsuya Naito type of baby face. You know, she, she's an anti-hero, and I think she's doing a great job of it. Whereas Charlotte is more, I think you're Hiroshi Tanahashi, John Cena, you know, uh, always doing the right thing type of baby face who not everybody will enjoy, but, um, you know, doesn't is not a um doesn't is not lame or at least to most people are you ready for the faction name of of what las ingobernable de Ooh. ireland oh okay las ingobernable i like it 
Tom Phillips reminds us this is episode 994 of SmackDown, meaning we are six weeks away from the 1,000th episode, which, you know, I, I could say on in most normal periods that maybe that's something you want to start promoting. They have way too much on their plate, so I can mm. understand that the 1,000th episode of SmackDown is probably going to be a much smaller affair than the Raw version, uh, that the 25th anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't even necessarily mind that. It's oh, like they... we j- we just got through that 25th anniversary that, you know, make this thing important, but you've got so many shows to promote at once. I, I don't know if you need to be throwing in more. Yeah, I certainly don't see them booking two venues for uh, the 1,000th SmackDown. Uh, surprise returns? I, I, I do expect that. I would think so. I think they're going to do that style of show. Yeah. Um, I expect Teddy Long to show up. Maybe getting someone's maybe face. Maybe uh, maybe Ron Simmons. Yeah. Maybe uh, who else? Ed Leslie. Um. Yeah. Katie Vick. Yeah. <laughs> all, all possibilities. Everybody who was at Starcast. Naomi versus Peyton Royce was next. The Iconics came out and cut a promo about each of them beating up Naomi, where Billy Kay said, I beat up Naomi. Peyton then said, no, me. Billy responded, no, me. And then the joke was, Naomi. (laughs) This heavily relied on these two women delivering this awful, like John Pollock level joke. And this this was a tough one to get over. Yeah, I don't know if this audience reacted uh, well to it nor do i think you know it was intended to it was i think these two are very funny naomi immediately attacks peyton royce that is the opponent this week i assume they're just going to go back and forth forever uh royce attacked her with these shots baseball slides delivered to k on the floor and then a sunset flip and naomi wins at a minute 21 i thought I, the it's done she won well i know then that's what i didn't like about this because uh, why don't you finish the segment? We, we should talk about it. Well, Kay then immediately attacked Naomi. So it was a two-on-one attack. Naomi was sent shoulder first into the post. Kay, uh, they did a double-team spot where Billy Kay like, applied these uh, underhooks, lifting her up in the air for Royce to hit this knee. And then Asuka comes out, lays them out. And I thought be- between the Bellas match I watched last night and then watching this match, it was just jarring to watch Asuka come out and then deliver her kicks here. Mm, right. Yeah, a bit of difference, sure. Yeah. I I, I, I totally, I think, uh, you know, knew that somebody would be paired with Naomi to take on the Iconics, and I think Asuka seemed like the lone person out there, so it all, that all makes sense. I guess I just didn't really understand why Naomi had to pee, pin Peyton Royce clean. Like, it seemed to me just kind of um, settled it. Yeah, I mean, she won without much trouble, and then we just got the the two-on-one attack, which, I mean, it, it gets you to your same spot. It's it's a tag match. It's, you know, at but, best. But, a, but, a, but a lukewarm. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. It's not, um, like, I, I see this being somewhere on, like, the kickoff show at Hell in a Cell. Like, that's kind of where I see this this kind of placement for this match. It just seems, you know, a bunch of loose parts on SmackDown that are going to have a tag match. Mm -hmm. Then we continued on, and 
we go to the first Jeff Hardy, uh, Randy Orton video feature. Jeff Hardy said that Randy Orton tried to clip my wings, erase my identity. He resents my connection I share with the WWE universe, despises my self-expression, and fears the reckless abandon I display inside the ring. He talks about all the risks he's taken, and he's defied all limits, and it's been for a good reason. He's fighting for his honor, for a championship, for his family, but I've never had a reason to do it inside the most dangerous structure of all. And this was a really well-done video package with music and various highlights, and then Jeff Hardy cutting this promo uh, on camera. And hmm. I thought it came off very well. I really did too. Uh, the the first of two segments we would get of this tonight, and this kind of this featured like a really cool compilation of all of Jeff Hardy's big swanton dives. And the man has done a lot of them. Like this was like an endless compilation of like swantons off of cages, off of ladders, off of balconies. So um, he's uh, he's done it's a lot of this. This man is still standing. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, I I really do think the, the feud I think has been really good. But the draw of this particular match really is seeing Jeff Hardy in the Hell in a Cell. Like I mentioned in the past, to me, like I, as a kid, I would play Jeff Hardy in a video game and have him climb the top of the Hell in a Cell. I don't want to see him do that. Uh, I don't want to see him swanton off the Hell in a Cell through a table. But I think just the the association of you know one of the most well known high flyers in the WWE with the tallest structure in the WWE. Is 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 a big draw, and this was a video that did a great job spotlighting that. I think they're they're telegraphing that, like they're they're not promising a big stunt, but they are heavily implying it. Like mm-hmm. I I don't see how you can't put this match together without Jeff doing something insane. Oh my god, I just I I don't want to ah, man. Oh. Like that's the whole reason for this match, and that's you know from these videos, that's clearly what they are promising. Yeah. Paige met up with Miz and Maurice. They've cut their dinner short because Detroit serves food they wouldn't even feed to their dog. And they want to go call Brian and Bree out again. Paige says they left. Miz calls them the hardest-hitting couple in the WWE, and then Paige books Miz for a match. He insults her and then threatens to leave, and Paige says if he does, he'll fire him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The GM thing really, come on, man. It's really run. Uh, f- f- I, I'm really just kind of sick of tuning into a wrestling show, watching people threatening other people with firing, quitting. Uh, managing, sign- managing heel tag teams on one and running the Cruiserweight show on the other. Signing contracts. Like, it's too much. It's, it's been too much for, for too long. Our truth is backstage. He's searching for Carmella, and he sees a blonde woman from behind, but it's Maurice. And she cannot believe that our truth mistook her for Carmella. That Staten Island trash, Maurice calls her, and says he's trying to book a match with Carmella. Miz shows up and tells Truth, never speak to my wife again. And and Truth is stunned. He said, you're married to Carmella? They go back and remember their tag team from seven years ago. And that was the last time Miz says Truth was relevant. And then Truth is just beside himself and says, I can't understand what Carmella sees in you. And he leaves. Mm-hmm. This this is a guy that 
in many perform there are I don't know if there's anybody other than R Truth that could make these these work so well. I I think this guy has really become a fun part of SmackDown over the past six weeks. I agree. I think he's been actually a, a pretty bright spot. I think the, the writing is good for him. I think his delivery is good. So there there have been times in the past where I feel like Truth really um he's kinda overstayed his his welcome. Uh, with 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 a gimmick like this, but on SmackDown, for whatever reason, maybe it's because he hasn't been around for a long time. Maybe the writing is stronger. He feels fresh, and I I I really do enjoy this Carmella angle. Then Samoa Joe came out. Uh, he was apparently stapled in the forehead um, at this family barbecue. Mm-hmm. He had this uh, cut that was very noticeable. Mm-hmm. Corey Graves brings up the mind games that Joe has been using, threatening to show up at the barbecue at AJ's home. Joe gets on the microphone, addresses Wendy, and says how AJ is at home right now, protecting his family, and they're probably locked inside of their house, holding onto a baseball bat right now, which I'm sure he would have uh, loosened the grip if he had SmackDown on and realized this man's on TV. Joe says maybe he's gonna come through the back door, but he's not a monster. He's not going to do that. He's just keeping his promise to Wendy that he was able to deliver Wendy's absentee husband home on a Tuesday night. And his actions have forced AJ to actually care about her, look after his family. And at Hell in a Cell, a very bad man is coming to take your daddy's championship. He addresses Annie. AJ appears on the screen, which got a lot of use tonight. And he understands threatening another man. But when you threaten a man's family, the talking stops. And AJ channeled his inner Ronda Rousey staring at Joe. And then his music played and Styles walked out. He is here in Detroit. And they charge the ring. They start fighting. Joe gets the advantage. Then AJ comes back, hits a forearm off the steps on the floor, grabs a chair, misses, hitting the post. The officials are out. He follows up with another springboard cross body to the floor onto Joe. And then Paige is out telling AJ to stop. Think about his family. The crowd is chanting, let them fight. Uh, no arrests were made during this segment. Yeah. No um, um, arrest for what? A pu- public disturbance? Inciting yeah. a riot? Inciting a riot. Right. Yes. Hmm. Criminal mischief. Yeah. A lot of things that they could have been, uh, you know. Joe was flat out um, threatening, you know, breaking and entering. Yeah, it's true. In another state, mm-hmm. crossing state lines and, and using a major cable outlet to make that threat. So uh, anyway, they escaped without a, without a record. Uh, I continue to enjoy these two. I think a very good reaction to AJ finally getting his hands on Joe. Uh, it sounded very loud through the, the TV and uh, a good sinister promo from Joe. Uh, part of me wanted to see him actually appear at the house or at least shoot some type of like uh, Brian Pillman style vignette. But uh, maybe in in, 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 the, in the PG era, that's not where they want you to don't. go. AJ lives in Georgia. He could he could own a weapon. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's oh. one of those, I don't call 911 doormats. Yeah. Yeah. Backstage, R-Truth is with Ty Dillinger searching out Carmella. And they find her. She's on her phone. <laughs> R-Truth approaches her and asks, have you seen Carmella? I don't know why I found this so funny. (laughs) He offers a truce for her to accompany her to the ring against the Miz and the other Carmella, that being Maurice. And he mentions that she called her 
Staten Island trash, and Carmela is pissed. Calls Maurice a bimbo who would be bagging groceries in Montreal if it wasn't for The Miz. She agrees to accompany him to the ring. Ty Dillinger responds, for the love of Kid Rock, what are you doing? Truth says he's teaching Ty how to main event SmackDown Live, which he has just booked himself in. For the love of Kid Rock, okay. Because he's supposed to be God in Detroit? Uh, in, I guess in Detroit, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, this was, I think, uh, notable because, to me, this felt like a babyface turn for Carmella. And I think it came, you know, due to the association with R-Truth, with, which looks to be continuing. Also because she had a reason to cut a promo on another heel in Maurice. So uh, I, I, I think you've kind of done about as much as you can with Carmella in her current incarnation. And this type of change, I think, will really freshen her up. I, I actually i am kind of looking forward to this uh, teaming up of, of Carmella and Truth. Yeah, it's... It's kind of shifted because after the Becky turn didn't take and they're trying to keep those two in kind of babyface positions, you're turning Carmella. You've got a roster that also includes Oscar, Naomi, Brie Bella. It's all of a sudden it's like the heel, the the women heels on SmackDown are Peyton Royce, Maurice and the Iconics. Yeah. And also um, former Absolution. I forget their names. Mandy and uh, Sonia. Oh, remember them? Yeah. Yeah. They haven't been on television in a long time. Then we had the feature on Randy Orton and his attacks on Jeff Hardy. We replayed the ear pulling that is just excruciating to watch. Lots of close-ups, lots of slow-mo close-ups of this. I'm sure you hated this. Oh, he puts the finger right into the, what's the official term? The the, lobe. The lobe, the gauge. uh... Yeah, Gage. Gage Hole. What a stupid name. It's gross. Oh, he puts his finger in there. The s- skin is expanding. Oh, God. It's horrific. This I mean, is worse than uh, when, when I saw those uh, those damn things uh, from the Tournament of Death that Damien made me watch. Wow. This is up there. Yeah, sure. Definitely. He wants to feel Hardy's last gasp of hope. We got highlights of Orton's career, prior Hell in a Cell matches, lighting the uh, the, the Wyatt compound on fire, and says that it's going to be sickening and perverse what he does to Jeff Hardy. It's going to keep you up at night while making him smile, and he will erase Jeff Hardy for good. I thought a really well edited and you know well put together set of videos between this and the Jeff Hardy one. It really makes this match feel like a big deal. Yeah, I thought they did a very good job with this feud on this uh, on this show tonight with these two video packages. It's, it's always the case whenever they have like a you know a pretty hot feud and like uh, a great set of videos. Yeah, this is going to be their Chicago street fight. Yeah, or maybe, maybe we'll get a barrel. Oh, uh, and what else? Um, <laughs> well, Randy Orton has actually come out at WrestleMania walking over top supposed penises so it wouldn't even be a big stretch for him to incorporate that that is true the usos versus aiden english and rusev versus eric young and killian dane english did his uh rap introduction for rusev sanity got the advantage on jay early on killian dane got to uh get a bit of a showcase here 
after the commercial Jimmy was in and he got tossed face first into the middle rope and then Rusev blind tags Jimmy. There's a big Rusev Day chant, delivers a machka kick to Alexander Wolf on the apron and then Eric Young hits a reverse neck breaker. Uh, Jimmy splashes Young off the top. A lot of saves here and it ends with Jimmy hitting a big tope to the floor. Rusev then teases one but is stopped by Jimmy Uso. Young goes for a roll up with the ropes. Aiden makes the save for Rusev. And then Young turns around, is hit with a Machka kick, and Rusev pins Eric Young. 11 minutes, 15 seconds. So it will be Rusev in English against the bar next week. And the winners receive the next tag title uh, opportunity against New Day. Mm-hmm. I-, I found the first half of this match before the commercial break rather dull and-, and really leaving no impression at all. But, I mean, obviously they saved all the fast and, and high- high-paced action for-, for the last four minutes, which was really excellent. So... Uh, I recommend the last four minutes of this match. And I, I like seeing the bar and Rusev Day out there, two fresh teams in this tag team division. Who do you think who takes it? I could see them doing something fresh with Rusev in English. Rusev in English, okay, instead of the bar. Yeah. Carmella comes out. She does R-Truth's entrance with her. Um, my concern is that this pairing will be uh, just kind of a way that kind of diminishes Carmella. We will see. I don't know how well Carmella is going to fit as a baby face. I, I mean, I wonder how, how far they want to go. Like, cause I don't see them giving her, um, ha- having title aspirations for her again. I don't think she's again, the performer at that level in ring. Um, but as a act, like a comedy act on the show, uh, I think she could be great. So we had the Miz and R-Truth. Miz is hitting his kicks in the corner, which Phillips called a poor attempt at the S-kicks, and Graves said that he stole Breeze kicks from last night. Miz got the heat, more kicks. Truth ducked for a roll-up, getting a two-count. And then Truth comes back, hit a big splash in the corner, missed with the scissors kick, and then took a DDT. The crowd is getting behind Truth. He calls for, uh, Miz calls for the flying knee and ends up running into a drop kick. Miz then clips the knee, Figure four gets countered with an inside cradle for a two count by Truth. And then as Miz calls for the skull crushing finale, Brian's music hits. Brian and Bree are back from dinner and Truth counters the skull crushing finale, rolling up Miz seven minutes, 17 seconds for the surprise win. And it all sets up Brian attacking the Miz. He applies the yes lock. Then Bree chases Maurice down, puts her into the uh, yes lock as well. And yeah, like a scene, like a repeat of the scene from last week. Yes. Um, but then uh, it's Zelina Vega that grabs Brie to the floor, almost attacks Brian. Sorry, this was when they applied the double yes lock. It was after they fought off Vega and uh, and Almas. Uh, but they had gotten involved and the double yes lock is applied to Vega and Almas with Miz and Maurice watching. And eventually they start tapping and they had these yes locks applied for. 60 long seconds. Yeah, it was a while. Yeah. They're and tough. Miz teased running down, but then stopped. They released the holds, and that concluded the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it seems like we're we're getting a whole lot of intergender matches uh, lately, and I think to come. And, you know, I think it's... I've really noticed, like, them kind of in, including a lot... Featuring a, a, a women a lot more prominently on their programs, uh, whether it's in, you know... Uh, like, I feel like most of the, at least on Raw, uh, a lot more women's segments, 
Uh, obviously, I think in, in a real attempt to push evolution, the cynic in me tells me that they're doing it now to prevent whatever backlash they'll inevitably get for, um, you know, the return of Saudi Arabia, perhaps. Um, but, you know, I'm curious to see if, if this type of mandate will continue after evolution or if it's just, you know, a temporary thing. Yeah. Um, this show, I thought that um, a number of the programs, I think, are working for Hell in a Cell. I'm really enjoying the Styles Joe stuff. I, I thought tonight was really good with the Orton Hardy stuff. The the mixed tag for me, I'm I'm kind of just looking forward to the moving on after this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, it's a short build. I get why they're doing it. Um, it took up a lot of the time on this show that I'm just I'm not as into that program as others that they're building up. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I could see that. It, I mean, I, I would say maybe the first last week or sorry, last month between Miz and Brian, it felt like the grudge was, you know, a lot more based on their own personal history. Um, whereas this this one feels maybe more uh, centered on, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, sports entertainment and, you know, driving out to restaurants, trying to catch them and doing things like that. So I, I can see that. I thought the crowd was really good on this edition of SmackDown, um, but I thought the show was just very average. No, it didn't really add too much interest to any of the matches for me at Hell in a Cell, but uh, with the exception being those excellent Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy videos, I thought the face-to-face between Charlotte and Becky was really good too. Yeah, I'd include that one too in terms of the uh, the buildup for Hell in a Cell um, that I liked. So um, I, I thought, you know, a fine show, hardly a uh, hardly great show. But yeah. that was uh, that was SmackDown from Detroit. So let us go to the forum tonight. You guys gave this show a six, That's... a significantly higher ranking than Raw on but, Monday night, but lower than typical SmackDowns. Uh, true, very true. Mm-hmm. Let us go to Brandon from Oshawa. I wish the WWE would leave the arena more often. Some of the more memorable segments in WWE history have come in locations that weren't inside. I was hoping we were going to get something with Joe, with what he said last week, but we didn't get it. Man, wait, we could have had a barbecue tonight. We could have had Italian food served. <laughs> All these options. Mm-hmm. I thought we were getting something at the Italian restaurant, but again, it was nothing. I did sort of like the image of Ms. and Maurice in the empty arena. Yeah, that was their uh, their their contrast to All In. I love the Hardy and Orton promo packages, and this has become one of my favorite feuds this year. I'm hoping for something really violent, but not crazy. None of that uh, compared to the post-wrestling fantasy football draft, though. It was a good night on post wrestling, and you guys should cover it on the double shot. Did this draft happen on Tuesday night? Yes, I, I, was... be- I believe it did. Uh, oh. I I got a message from MJ. I mean, I'm not a football fan at all, so I I have no idea what you guys are doing over there. But I, it it's all very exciting that that it's even happening. Uh, yeah, we wish everyone luck. Yeah, so it's uh, forum.postwrestling.com. If you click on the post fantasy football thread, uh, they seem to have done all their footballing in there. So good luck to all the participants. Jeff from Ann Arbor. The pre-show dark match was Mike Kanellis versus Rhino. It's weird how two Raw guys... Uh, it's re- weird that it was two Raw guys, but obviously Rhino for the D- Detroit Pop, which he definitely got. Becky versus Charlotte was only on the Titan Tron. It was hard to know the questions they were being asked. Not sure if you could hear the crowd. Becky's Screw You got a huge pop. Okay, so so they didn't hear the questions from the announcers. The thing with those WWE segments, though, is that y- you don't even need to hear the questions. Like, the everything is directed that they just they're almost self-contained answers so i I don't think you missed anything by not hearing but why not pipe that audio in to live um 
I don't know. The Echo, I guess. Okay. Anyway, Joe came out to a huge pop, but his promo was weird. The crowd definitely turned on him a bit, but it was kind of creepy. He's creepy. Rusev Day may have been the biggest pop of the night. Big Cleveland sucks chant against the Miz. Brendan from California. The tag match was ultimately forgettable, but I'm happy to see that they are at least doing something with Rusev in English. The Becky and Rain segment was good. It's weird, though. I know the things Charlotte is saying are face lines, but I can't help but view her as a heel in this angle. Becky just comes across as a badass babyface, while Charlotte can't help but seem disingenuous. All in all, I think I'm more excited for this feud. I really enjoyed the the Orton-Hardy stuff. Jeff always has a weird delivery, but the content got me really pumped for their match. Lastly, I'm not the biggest fan of them making the top feud this mixed tag thing, but The Miz is just so enjoyable when played off of Brian that I won't complain. It's just a shame, though, that they didn't get to a food fight angle in the restaurant. Just kidding. A fine show, but nothing spectacular overall. Six out of ten. Taylor from Sydney. Uh Uh-oh. Incoming rant. Asuka teaming with Naomi and the Iconics is completely and utterly bewildering. They have killed Asuka on the main roster and she is now just an afterthought. I know I'm going to sound like one of those guys, but her run on NXT was incredible because she was treated like something special. Sure, the Becky vs. Charlotte feud is going to be great, but why not keep Asuka off TV until that feud is done, then insert her into the title picture and keep her strong? It's the same as Nakamura. These incredible talents are being completely wasted, and I can't help but feel that something drastic needs to change for them to get the storylines that they deserve. SmackDown was definitely a step up from Raw, and it's certainly a better show. I'm really excited for Hardy vs. Orton. It's the feud I never knew I needed. Six screw yous out of ten. Connor from Minneapolis. Fun, but kind of a filler episode of SmackDown. Not a lot of in-ring action throughout, but it didn't feel like the show suffered. Miz and Brian's build continues to be enjoyable, even though I'm still not terribly excited for the intergender match. I expect them to have a good plan in place for the match to at least be okay. I like Joe's promo bragging about how he basically has made AJ a better father by injuring him. Good physicality during the brawl, and it made me appreciate Paige's work as GM. She's done a great job of adapting to the role and being able to balance more serious moments like this with her more comedic interactions. Orton's promo in particular worked well, but I can't help but feel like this Hell in a Cell match is just a countdown until Jeff does something insane and dangerous. Charlotte and Becky's promo was great. Even though she was a bit stiff at first, Charlotte held her own against Becky's more natural, smooth delivery. Hopefully the match delivers, but I sent some sort of screwy finish to keep Charlotte with the belt at Hell in a Cell, maybe having Becky win at Evolution. R-Truth's comedy continues to work well with me. He and Ty seem to stand out with comedy on SmackDown, whereas Raw is so bogged down with mid-card comedy acts that none of them seem unique. Finally, Chris from Melbourne, Australia. I decided to watch 205 Live tonight. I want to see the build-up to Buddy challenging at Super Showdown. Grand Metalik defeated Tony Nese in a good 15-minute match. Backstage, Mustafa Ali said he wished Drake Maverick was still in his AOP gear, to which Drake replied, What I do on my Monday nights is none of your business. <laughs> That's awesome. Noam Dar defeats Brian Kelly in a few minutes with Leo Rush on commentary. Cedric Alexander and TJP had an in... in- impromptu non-title match I think is what he meant to type TJP spent most of the match working over Cedric's left arm Cedric hits the lumbar check for the win after the match Drew Gulak comes out and attacks Cedric to end the show while it's a great show in the ring it suffers from the time slot crowd and the fact that heavyweights also wrestle like cruiserweights with high flying and fast paced moves 6 TJP-isms out of 10 for 205 Live well Chris from Melbourne I thought that was a fantastic audition for you to become our new 205 Live correspondent I'd love you know, one of these every week. Oh, these are great. Uh, on the subject of Melbourne, I've been listening as everyone's cutting their promos on TV. Mm-hmm. It's always Melbourne. Yeah. And then tonight I tuned into 205 Live and Buddy Murphy. 
Melbourne zone. Pronounced it. Melbourne. And he has he has justified the pronunciation. Well, of course he's got he's got a, an Australian accent. I don't think that requires an accent to say it like that. I'm I just mean, saying everyone else on the show is calling it Melbourne. So do you do you say Mexico, or should you say it like the way a Mexican or somebody speaking Spanish would say it? Uh. Uh, how, how? Mexico or Quebec? Would you do you say Quebec or do you say Quebec? Uh, <laughs> what I mean is I, like there are anglicized versions of of names. I mean, not not in this case. This is not that, but I mean, I feel for me personally, I feel it's more of an accent thing. But you're welcome to say it however you want. I want I want to hear from our Australian listeners. Maybe they have a, have a have a preference. Maybe maybe they are maybe they are on your side. Yeah. No. I I I mean I get the argument. You know. I think people say Toronto, but we don't say Toronto. Yeah. I just don't see it more as a it's an accent thing. It's just it's like two different words. Okay. It's like you don't say you don't say Brisbane, Australia. You say Brisbane. Hmm. It's interesting. Interesting. Why don't you put a, a poll? Okay. Maybe maybe that will be our poll we put out. Yeah. All right. Uh, Wayne and I have another show to do. Uh, we are both very sick, so we are going to bid you all adieu. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have enjoyed. We're not going recap. anywhere, John. We have another show to do. I just said that. That's why I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm ending this one and moving on to the next. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, tune into the, that. The double shot of NyQuil is what we should call it. Yes, uh, I am. Uh, I'm going to be reviewing Shinsuke Nakamura's book. I am going to teach Wei all about this man's interesting philosophies, and then the surprise review that I have not even told Wei about yet. So you can tune in to find out about that one as well. And that is it. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, any closing words, plugs, or salutations, Wei? Uh, uh, nothing on my mind right now. Uh, all right, go check out every show that we have go download it if you've listened to them listen to them again and then we have more coming out this week including uh british wrestling experience on wednesday and then the up next may young classic combo mm -hmm. on thursday with Braden and davy and then way and i will be back on friday where we will sound uh much more uh, healthy because it's a show from this past weekend. We have the live edition of Ask Away that was recorded at Starcast. That will be going up Friday for all uh, members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. So check that out, and we will speak with you later this week. <laughs>